So Americans for Tax Reform, we fight a lot of really bad government ideas, ranging from tax hikes to regulations that destroy jobs, destroy businesses. Um, and so we've been involved in this effort for the last seven years or so. Um, and it started as an effort to fight back against uh, the attempt to raise taxes on e-cigarettes, which were a new industry no one had really heard of. People in the uh, state legislatures and regulators thought these things look like cigarettes. Uh, they give off some vape or smoke that looks like cigarettes, so we should probably tax them the same way. And so our fight on this issue started at the state and local level, um, working to fight and defeat tax hikes. But of course, as people know, in 2016, everything changed when the federal government also tried to redefine and then did redefine what tobacco products were. And so over the last three years, we've been uh, relentlessly focused on trying to rein in uh, what's known as the deeming rule that, that subjects every business in this industry to a retroactive pre-approval process that uh, is still on a on a path to putting everyone out of business. Uh, but we also focus on the politics of public policy. Um, at, you know, there's a lot of issues we work on where even though we're right on the policy, there's not a lot of really fired up businesses or consumers to help us in those fights. And that's obviously not the case with vaping and vapors. And so what we've been working on in the last couple of weeks is making sure that the administration understands that not only are their policy objectives, at least the ones that they were looking at in September, wrong, but there are a lot of voters that really agree with us and think that as well. Now, after September 11th, when the president came out with that announcement, if you could call it that, mostly it was comment. Yeah. Um, your organization and you specifically really made a difference in the debate on this nationally. I hope that's the case. Um, look, I, that was the first all-nighter I've pulled since maybe junior year of college. And what I did that night was looked at the FDA data that we had from 2016 and 2017 that showed on a state-by-state -state level how many people, how many adults use e-cigarettes. And what I did is looked in every single one of those states that the president is targeting next year, um, 12 states is what we originally looked at, states like Minnesota, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Florida, uh, states that, that determine who's going to win. Um, and broke down the number of adult vapors in every single one of those states based on FDA data and laid it out for the administration, laid it out for everyone publicly to understand that in all of those important battleground states, the margin uh, of victory or loss for Donald Trump in 2016 pales in comparison to the number of adults that use these products. Small example, a state like Michigan, where vapors are currently dealing with an absurd fight against the governor. Donald Trump only won Michigan by a little over 10,700 votes. In the state of Michigan, there are more than 400,000 adult vapors. And so our argument to the administration and the campaign was, look, these are single-issue voters on the, the issue that will determine and who they vote for next year. There are a lot of them, and they can swing the election in a couple of states. And for people that don't vape, or people that don't smoke, or, or don't follow this issue, it might sound kind of funny. Why would a vapor care that much about, about uh, access to these products? Why can't they just get a tobacco-flavored product? And I think there are people in the administration that thought that. But the polling was compelling. Adults like flavors, they like access to flavors, and not only do they like them, they need them to stay away from cigarettes. And so we began making, I think, what was a compelling case, not only on the politics of vaping for consumers that use them, but also on the jobs, the number of new businesses that did not exist more than 10 years ago that exist in important swing states to the administration and the campaign. So, in your opinion, has the administration heard, listened? Are they gonna act? 
I think we're making progress. Um, you know, we've, we went from a September 11th impromptu press conference announcement to in less than two days, or a little over two days, the president tweeting out that he likes vaping as an alternative to smoking for adults. And that was an unprecedented endorsement of the concept of tobacco harm reduction. We never got Barack Obama to say that. And so this was an acknowledgement from Donald Trump himself that vaping, that e-cigarettes are important for adults who smoke cigarettes. And so we made a small amount of progress then. And I think what we've worked to ensure over the last month and a half or so is that, okay, if you understand that vaping is important for smokers because it is less harmful than cigarettes, what you also have to understand is that flavors are an important part of that equation and removing flavors from the equation for adults wipes out the entire vape shop business model. It wipes out the entire new upstart model for the, for the industry. And I think we've made progress because just this past Friday, um, both the President of the United States and his Domestic Policy Council Director, Joe Grogan, came out and said, I mean, Joe Grogan himself said, I don't know why the FDA wastes so much time on this issue. They should be focusing on approving life-saving drugs. They shouldn't be in the mud wasting so much time trying to figure out how to kill tobacco or vaping. And so I think the fact that the president um, endorsed the concept of raising the age to use the products and then saying that they're going to look at flavors is an indication that a final decision hasn't been made. So I do think we're making progress. I do think we're moving in the right direction. Um, but we won't know until we see what he called that paper they're going to release, which is the guidance. Now, you seem, uh, over the course of the last several weeks, seeming to gr be growing more frustrated with, say, the CDC. Is that not fair? Absolutely. I mean, from day one, the CDC misinformed the public about what was going on uh, with this whole vaping health issue. I mean, the hundreds and now thousands of lung illnesses and dozens of deaths that we experience. People in the industry, consumers that use vapor products for the last 10 years, nicotine vapor products, knew that it wasn't nicotine, knew that it wasn't flavors that was getting people sick. And the miscommunication that was coming out of the CDC, who told people to stop vaping, they didn't tell people to stop vaping THC or marijuana, they told everyone to stop vaping, was a smack in the face for reality and smack in the face to every consumer that knows that vaping is what gets you sick. Vaping marijuana that you get from your friends and on the streets, that might get you sick. And, and we are finally now three months into this health crisis and they've said, oh, by the way, uh, you're, you guys were right. It is pretty much all THC underground illicit products. And so I think it's been extremely frustrating for those that work on public health issues that they failed to acknowledge that from day one and it took them three months to get to this point. Does the CDC have blood on their hands? I think that the fact that the public perception of e-cigarettes is that they are as dangerous or more dangerous than cigarettes will unquestionably result in more smokers who may have quit go back to cigarettes or more smokers never even try e-cigarettes. And because we know about the health consequences of smoking, the CDC has uh, does have some responsibility for the misconception that adults have about vaping in a way that will result in less people quitting a deadly habit. So they are absolutely responsible, I think, for some of the consequences associated with, with smoking in the United States.